with Julia and Philip Siracusa, sponsored by Carnation, airing live on the United Public Radio Network on 105.3 FM in New Orleans. This show's entrance has been edited, produced, and directed by Gwen Clapper from Perfect Trust Productions, LLC. You can find us at perfecttrustproductions.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monday night's segment of Horsefly Chronicles Radio with myself, Julia Syracusa, and Phil Syracusa. We're broadcasting live from the International Public Radio and the United Paranormal Radio Network on 105.3 FM from New Orleans. This evening's show is fully sponsored by Carnation, so we want to thank them for their sponsorship. You'll have to do a few things in order to participate. Go over to our YouTube channel, UFO Paranormal Radio or International Public Radio. You can also go into all of the Facebook stations, UFO Paranormal Radio Network, UFO Undercover with Joe Montaldo, News on the Flip Side, also Twitch, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Also go over to our group, Horsefly Chronicles Radio, if you haven't, um, and join. Um, if you have any questions for our guests, please ask. So tonight, guys, we have an amazing guest. So please welcome back to the show, June Lundgren. June is a psychic medium, animal communicator, healer, nurse, demon tier, international paranormal investigator, and author with over 40 years of experience in the paranormal field. June served in the military, where she trained as a nurse and EMT. After returning home from the military, she continued to work in the medical field as a nurse and is currently the founding member of ghostandgirlsparanormal.com. You can also find all of her books on amazon.com too. So please, let's welcome her to the show. Welcome. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. It's been a couple of years. Yes. Yeah, it is. It is. Time flies. This is true. It really does. So, June, just let's um go to the beginning for anybody who may not know you on the, our new network. Um, tell us, um, you know, what happened um as a child that you that that you can communicate with spirits, animals, and angels. Sorry, Phil, distracting me. <laughs> I was I I was uh. Uh, given to my grandmother to raise when I was uh, a couple of days old and my my grandmother's a psychic medium and she knew I had abilities from the get-go because all the animals my grandmother had a farm all the animals would come and gather around my crib and sit there for hours and she knew I had to be communicating with them and as I grew older and was able to you know talk more and understand then um she i could tell her more of what i was seeing and up until i was about four and a half years old i saw 
demons like most people do. As a child, I saw them as like a mass, a black mass. And when I was about four and a half, it changed. I started seeing them in their true form. And it scared me at first. And Michael said, Michael the Archangel, he was with me from birth. He said, don't worry about it. You know, you're seeing them through the through angelic eyes. You're seeing them as we see them. She said, he said, I won't let them hurt you. So don't you don't have to worry about that. He says, I want you to do as I want you to study them. I want you to watch them. I want you to learn how they work, what they do. And, you know, he says, can you do that? And, you know, you're a kid. It's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But I've so I've been able to see them and understand them forever. I can see both realms of the uh, realms of existence, both the white light realm as well as the dark. And I died in 1988 in a motorcycle accident. And it was when I went to the other side, my grandmother was there waiting for me and Michael was there. He says, you, you've been brought here because you have to understand who and what you are. He says, you have a job to do. And he took me over to, you know, it's like everywhere was clouds and it was a feeling of absolute love and acceptance. And this cloud turned into a bay window. He said, look down there. And I saw the earth. And I saw every living soul on the earth. He said, you see, they have uh, lights coming from them, you know, strings. I said, yeah. And he said, some of them are lit up, some of them are not. That the ones that are lit up are the people that have made the soul connection to our realm of existence. And he says, the other ones have yet to make that transition. And I'm like, okay. And I asked him, I said, well, if, if heaven exists, what about hell? And he took a couple of steps forward and he waved his arm and this just black hole opened up. And I could see people, you know, reaching up and screams were horrible. And then he waved his arm and it disappeared. He says, you have to understand, you're not this physical body. He says, that is just a shell. And then he touched my forehead and I relived all of the lifetimes that I had lived in the physical world. Uh, 100, all 130 of them. This is the 131st lifetime. Wow. Wow. That's pretty, I like the way you explained everything and it's pretty impressive. Um, Let's go back to the demons. First question. You said that you see de you've seen demons as we seen them. Yeah. Uh, he, most the humans demons. see demons as they wish to be perceived. Uh, they look into your mind and they pull out an image that you have of what they should look like. You know, if, if you think they should like look like um, a horned goat or half man, half goat or some other thing, that's how they make you see them. They can't do that with me. I see them in their true form. They're about seven feet tall. They have 12 foot wingspan. They look a lot like archangels in that way, but that's where the, the similarities disappear because they're ebony black. Um, their face has almost no features whatsoever, except the eyes. 
the eyes of an old demon are yellow and a lesser demon and minions are red. And when you look into their eyes, it's every evil that you can ever conceive of and some that you've never seen or heard of before. And you never forget. I mean, it's the stuff that nightmares are made of. And, yeah. you know, you, still, I, you understand demons. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, how do you, yeah. How, is that possible? <laughs> how do you understand demons? Uh, it's it's easy to understand demons. Demons have an agenda. They have um, they have motives. They have a mode of how they work, when they work, what's attracted to them, uh, what they're attracted to, and what they look for in a victim. Uh, all kinds. You know, I've written a couple of books about them, and it's just people think that they're, you know, that they're only attracted to bad people. Or they're only attracted to people who do drugs or things like that. But that's not true. You could be at the right place at the wrong times. Just it can be that simple. Yeah. So you can see them. Um, is that often? Um, I can see them all the time. Uh, but the thing is, most of the time, I just ignore them unless they're bothering someone. If they're bothering someone or attacking someone, then I'll take them out. But for the most part, they just, you know, they just pass by. They don't want anything to do with me. They, if, if they're smart, they don't. And most demons don't look beyond the shell that encases me. And so they, you know, they don't see anything. They, they just see a human. But when I went to the other side and Michael says, this is who you are. Your soul belongs to Ariel, the archangel. She's, an, she's a demon slayer. And this is your job in this lifetime, as it has been in your other lifetimes. You will go back and you will slay demons. And I'm like, okay. So when I woke up, there was a policeman standing over me. And he said, like, thank God you're alive. I'm like, yeah, now. <laughs> now wow. I, had to, I had to look up, you know, he, Michael says, look up Ariel on the internet. I'm like, okay. Cause, but there's not much you can find out about her. Her name means Lion of God. And she's one of the five that guard the throne of God. But beyond that, man doesn't know that much about her. But, of course, I've gotten to know her intimately, and unfortunately for me sometimes. Because she has attitude. <laughs> <laughs> are demons fallen angels what happened was okay you could call them that the thing is the war between heaven before the war between heaven and hell um the dark ones were with us in the light and we had traveled for billions of years and seen everything we could learned learned about everything. And then some of the souls said, you know what? We'd like to be physical again. We'd like to have children. We'd like to grow old together. We'd like to know physical love. And Lucifer and his followers didn't want anything to do with that. And that's what caused the war. And once the war was over, Lucifer, uh, Lucifer was banished. Him and his followers were banished. God said, you cannot live among us. It would create too much, too many problems. So he opened a rift into a dark realm and he put them in there. 
and they become, they've absorbed the darkness of the realm. So that's why they're dark. And over, you know, over hundreds of thousands of years, they've grown angry, they've grown vengeful. You know, they want to ruin man because each human carries a white light soul. And, you know, they blame them for putting them in the dark. Okay. Interesting. She answered my question. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, so I, you can point, I mean, you're obviously you see them for what they are. So you can tell the difference between a demon and a, a dark shadow or a negative. Or is the dark shadow a demon? Or a negative earthbound spirit. Right. There are classifications. I break it down like old demons are the most powerful and the most intelligent. Uh, lesser demons are like hormonal teenagers running around, causing problems, creating chaos, which are the one. These are the ones you'll find mostly in the physical realm. And then there are the minions. There's the creepy crawly dudes that crawl up the walls and the ceilings and stuff and can make themselves look like spiders and pieces mm -hmm. of sticks. Mm -hmm. and stuff, you know, and then there are like the shadow people. And there are minion, and then there are the harpies, which there are not very many of those running around, and they prefer their own company, just like the shadow people prefer their own company. You know, so those are you know you've got all these all these different ones. So you said that yeah. um, the demons don't want nothing to do with you mm -hmm. because you went to the other side on a near death experience and met. Um, well, they don't want anything to do with me because Ariel, she resides within me. Okay. People say that when she, when I do a removal and there are people there, that the, I have physical manifestations. The wings come out of my shoulders. My eyes turn white. My voice changes and my face changes. And once Ariel's out, they fear Ariel because in the war between heaven and hell, Michael disarmed Lucifer, but Ariel disarmed his son. So where do you send them? Uh, I kill them. They no longer exist. But they, them, it defeats the purpose to send them back into the dark realm because they'll just come back again. Right. So then you're saying you actually kill something that doesn't exist? They exist in, in, in a spiritual energy form. It exists in, you... in an energy form and not in our realm of existence. But it. But I don't work in, Ariel doesn't work in this realm of existence. Their realm of existence in the light and in the dark thought becomes reality. And it's the intention behind the thought that gives it power. Right. So when I fight a demon and end up killing it, it's Ariel is white light, complex white light energy. It's white and gold energy. And the demons are dark energy, dark matter. And so when she slices through one of them with her sword, it turns into, you know, it, I can see it just disintegrate into like sand particles. Okay. And it, and it just goes into the, and out to the stars and it is no more. Okay. So let's take, I'm going to just pick out a name, Asmodeus, which is a demon. Mm -hmm. So let's just hypothetically say that someone calls you they're being affected by this particular demon that is identified as Asmodeus. Okay. You turn into this other being and, and kill Asmodeus. Mm -hmm. So there is no more Asmodeus or does Asmodeus exactly. have multiple imprints within the physical realm? No. 
it actually ceases to exist. And when I wrote The Dark Side of the Paranormal, the book contains, you know, the demons' fears, their weaknesses, how they work. Demons fear death because when they die, they cease to exist. Their consciousness, all that they were, it actually exists no more. Unlike us, when we die, we just go around and come back again and try it all over again. But demons can't. Right. Are there a lot of demons roaming the earth? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so then if there were more people like yourself, then earth would be a better place? I think so. We're We're doing a lot of removals of ancient demons right now. We're working on a lot of ancient demons. And... They've been, they're even older than Lucifer and the old demons. They've been around long before mankind. But wow. it's, and then they're in, they can control things from different realms of existence. And so it's a matter of finding them. Each, each demon resonates on a different frequency. And the, uh, the ancient demons have a frequency all their own. All demons have low frequencies, and you just have to know which frequency to, to listen for. And when you find them, then you can kill them. Yeah, that, that's when the fun begins. <laughs> I would love So then to... you're, not, you, you're not afraid. No. And they can't affect you in okay. any way. Mm -mm. Uh, but it does seem to me that the world right now is upside down. It is. And there's a lot of chaos. So I would have to say that it's being taken over by acts of evil between wars and plague and starvation and everything else that's going on mm -hmm. more than ever. Right. So then there's a real, there's a spiritual battle going on right there now. There is, there is. And I'm training, I'm training other warrior angels to become demon slayers. Um, most of the people that come to me and seek knowledge are warrior angels. There are over 300,000 warrior angels born into the physical right now. Wow. And over 3 billion uh, angels walking the earth at this precise time. There are seven of us archangels, and our job is to train others so that they, in turn, can help with the removal of the demons and help mankind. Very interesting. Well, I'd um, like to get June to our house. Oh, yeah, I that'd mean, be fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to see some action going on there. Do you think that demons and aliens have anything to do with each other or it's two separate? Two separate. Like it and do you think on those realms that aliens know what demons are? They have their own particular, I know it's going to sound weird, but they have what I call space demons. These space demons are, I call our demons here in this world, I call them uh, local demons. But the space demons uh, travel from planet to planet. So they are aware of them and they cause a lot of trouble and they try to start wars and things like that. Huh, interesting. You said also that you've had many past lives, correct? Uh, this is the 131st lifetime, yeah. Okay. So you had 130. Are they all from planet Earth or were they different planets? 
Um, the physical, those are all that are in the physical world, uh, this world. Uh, originally, we had bodies on other planets that were several galaxies away, you know, billions of years ago. And we evolved into pure energy. And that's when we decided to travel the different galaxies. And our whole goal was pursuit of knowledge. And we would travel to different planets, different galaxies, and watch, you know, the beings that were there, learn from them, learn how they worked. And we did that for hundreds of thousands of years. And we just got, you know, some of the souls just got tired of it. They said, you know, we've seen everything we can. We've done, you know, everything. We would like to be physical again, you know, and we're tired of this life. So that's when, you know, man. Okay. Okay. Have you worked on um, any residential cases with, you know, that, that you had to, you know, clean out the demonic? <laughs> yeah, a lot. A lot? <laughs> a lot of them. I can do it from a distance if need be. I, you know, I've done local ones in, in person. But if they're from a distance, like, I had a case recently from um, Australia. So I took care of that and I've done it as far away as the Netherlands and England. And what's the other one? I just, I just had one from um, Pakistan. It's wow. just, they're, they're, it's all over the place. It's just people need to, and people need a lot of help. You know, I have sitting in my email box over a hundred requests for help. To remove demons. Yeah. <laughs> if you have this energy and this spiritual power, then do you have the power to heal others? Yes. Mm -hmm. I do. You do? Yeah. I. God gave me the, the, the gift of laying on of hands a long time ago. And I don't have to touch anybody anymore. It's evolved to the point where... I can do it from a distance, and I, I do do it from a distance. So you heal people that are sick, and that's great. Mm -hmm. And um, what what are the different forms of animal communication um, that you do receive? I get uh, conversations like you and I are talking. That's the difference. I don't get pictures per se. Some people just get pictures. Some people get feelings. Some people get, you know, uh, like a motion picture, images, uh, words. They may get a word here or there, but I have conversations with them like I'm having a conversation with you because it's all done telepathically and angelic beings can do that because Ariel can do that. I My problem is I attract animals and you know, people that think that their animals are going to attack me or whatever, when I go there in person, animals like licking me to death, you know, it's like, uh, because animals can see the angelic energy and they're more than willing to talk to you. Yeah, that's true. That's fascinating. They don't have the baggage we have, you know, Yeah. <laughs> the humans. I have um, a dog right now that's, she's 15. And she's going through the her in life stage, and 
and she she knows it's like I told her I said when you're ready just just shout you know yeah. I've seen I, my husband I've married for 33 years 30 oh god 34 years Ooh, scary yeah. and uh, we've had we started out we had eight dogs we have a farm and they've all died of old age over the years you know Wow. Wow. Let's talk about um, your book. So you have quite a few books out there. Oh, yeah. What inspired you to write, you know, to really sit there and, and write your books? Well, it started in 2008 when God said, listen, I want you to write a book. And I'm like, really? <laughs> about what? And he's like, I don't care what else you put in it, put information in it, but I want people to understand I give them, I do hear their prayers. I give them what they need, which is not necessarily what they want. He says, as long as you put that in there, uh, I'm good. I'm like, okay. So I started, I did a medium's guide to the paranormal. And when I was writing it, he also gave me uh, some prophecies that I put in there. And there were 10 of them. He's giving him. He's giving me doing automatic writing, and I'm like, I never do automatic writing. And he's like, writing through me. I'm like, you got to give a little more information, you know, because that's that's not going to cut it. <laughs> you got to explain to people what you're trying to say. But that started me writing. You know, I wrote the first one. It took about a year, but I wrote it. So I kind of simplified it and touched on a lot of different uh, subjects, uh, people things that people have always asked me about and people tell me that it's like, you know, sitting down with somebody and just having a conversation and that's how I like to write. But then I, I thought, okay, I'll put some of my um, paranormal encounters into books. Mm -hmm. I wrote paranormal encounters book one and two. And then I decided to try and I wrote a paranormal romance called out of time. And it's, it's different. It's not your typical romance. It's written from not only the hero and heroine's point of view, but the dog, the animal's point of view, the spirit guides and guardians point of view. You know, it takes, it takes different, different ways. You know, I thought that was interesting and people really like it. Yeah. I love that. And then I wrote a series. I wrote the first in a series called demon seekers, uh, the journey begins and it's loosely based on what it is. It's going to be seven different volumes and each one is about a different archangel who I know I, I've met them all. And so it's, it's basically, it's a fantasy book built on that. The one, the next one, I have about two chapters left and it'll be out. It's called demon seekers in the darkness and the climax takes place in Stonehenge which I visited a couple of times. And then I wrote um, The Dark Side of the Paranormal. For years, people have been after me to write about the dark side. I was actually um, a vendor at a Body, Mind, and Spirit Expo because my friends talked me into it. Ugh. And they said, what are you going to, because you get to lecture. And I'm like, they're so like, what are you going to lecture about? Angels? You're going to lecture about angels? No, everybody does angels. No. I said, I'm going to lecture about the dark side of the paranormal. Mm -hmm. 
And I was late getting to my lecture because I was talking to a client and I got in there and it was like standing room only. I'm like, okay, let's, let's do it. I sold out my books in the next hour. Wow. Like uh, people are like, we want to thank you for talking about it. Like Reiki masters were coming up to me and saying, we're, we're so glad that you spoke about it. You know, we've been taught to avoid it, to not think about it, not, you know, not do anything. It says, and, you know, and then that way we won't get attacked. And I'm like, if they want you bad enough, they'll find you. No, make no difference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, whether you read about it or not. But uh, so that got me to write The Dark Side of the Paranormal. I like that name. You know, a lot of people don't realize that the paranormal is not all, it's not all fun and games like we see yeah. on TV. It's, it's not, and it's, it's not like, it's not like you see on TV. It, it, it's, you know, that's dramatized. You know, I did a stint on Ghost Adventures with Zach Baggins. And it was like, they really want to, play everything up and they asked me off camera if there were any demons located in the location and I'm like yeah there's there's an old one and a lesser demon and I, I told I told Zach I said straight up I said this old demon it's the same one that took your sight in the demon house wow and I said he's got a message for you and you better listen because you know what if he comes all the way here and drags me all the way here to give you this information, then you better listen. Wow, that's that's crazy. I, I don't even know what to say about that. It's like yeah. he, well, you know, he made the mistake of wanting to see what I see. Yeah, I can get, I can do that with people. I they can hold my hand, they can see. But that, yeah, he he was not happy. He saw what he saw. Yeah, it's like, it's like you know that's the way it is. I see this every day. This is what I do. The average family who's experiencing paranormal phenomenon, how can you quickly identify on the show uh, whether they're dealing with demonic activity or not and the best measures they can take? Well, I know from if I get a picture of a location or a picture of an individual, I can tell you what's there, what's not there. I can tell you whether it's earthbound, whether it's demonic, or maybe it's just grandma. Um, you, the things to look for when you're talking about demonic things are, you know, people will start to become alienated. Say you have a couple and they get along fine. There's no, no drama between them. There's no, you know, fighting, nothing. But if a demon decides to attach itself or even, you know, to come live in your house for a few days, what will happen is you'll start fighting among yourselves. If there's no discord, if there's no chaos, they create it. They will cause problems between the husband and wife. They'll make the one person think, oh, your husband's cheating on you. And so the wife will get all bend out of shape and accuse him when he's really not. And sometimes they do that. Other times they'll sit and they'll watch you. And you're, once they decide to attach, um, they try to isolate you from your support system, friends, family. And then they start making your health go downhill. You start having, mm-hmm. you know, 
inexplicable pains, aches, uh, even they can even activate cancer in an individual. Mm -hmm. Um, They, uh, you know, your finances go in the toilet. You feel like you've got a black cloud hanging over you. And when they start in with telling you, they'll speak to you and tell you that no one can help you, that you're going to die. And if you have like children, they'll say um, they're going to kill the children or the animals, you know, that that's how they work to get you to do what they want you to do. Which is what, what do they want you to do? They want you to, a lot of times they want you to do things you wouldn't normally do. Other times they just want to feed off of your energy. And sometimes they can even, like I said, they can influence you to drive your car off a cliff. (laughs) They can reach. They can reach in, and they can grab your heart, and they can stop it. They just love to play. They just love to torture and cause problems. Wow. Well, that heard, sounds pretty scary I mean, and we've, creepy. We've kind of heard some of this stuff before. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's they, really yeah. interesting to the listener out there. I mean, these, you know, it's it's true. Everything it's um very very. A true. lot of these things are, you know true and that uh, we've experienced personally um, yeah. a lot of people think that they can't hurt you it's like oh well, they, can. they can't hurt they you can. they can't you know bother you if you're a good person they can't bother you i'm like yeah mm-hmm. really that would be nice they operate yeah that's not how they that's not how they operate at all wow um you said you had a near-death experience who was god and it's hard for the human brain to some people would call it like matrix scene where you see things and like mirrors, plants, whatever. But it's hard for the human brain to uh, create you know, to know what it's seeing. So our brains say, oh, okay, so God looks like this. So how I see God, I see him in his true form. He's pure energy and he doesn't, he has kind of a, a silhouette. And the energy is pure and it's powerful and he can create a hand or a leg or, you know, a face, whatever, whatever makes the individual more comfortable. Mm -hmm. But the minute I crossed into the light, it was all love. And it was, you feel, felt like you're coming home and you could hear every other soul that exists. It'd be like being in a room that was cram packed with people. And everybody's talking at the same time. You get this this buzz, this hum in the background. And if you think of a person, then that person's voice comes forward and you hear them just like God's voice comes forward. And he says, you know, you need to go back. You need to start doing the job that you're supposed to be doing in this lifetime as you have in other lifetimes. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, have you, when you crossed over, did you see anybody that any loved ones? Yeah. Some of my grandma and grandpa, they were waiting for me. It's like, they're like, you know, you're here because there's a reason you're here. And I'm like, uh, I know and they said, you're not, it's not your time. You have things to do. And I'm like, yeah, I know it's not my time. And then Michael was there and then the, he says, Ariel needs to get going and get, doing what she's meant to do 
So I have no fear of them. If you have fear, it's a weakness. And they use that against you. You cannot. It's like I have empathic abilities, but I shut them down in the way that I know what a person's feeling, but I don't take on the emotion because if I do, then when I'm in the presence of a demon and it's these people's home and they're being attacked, they will attack the people. They will attack the clients. And I can't have that. I can't have that. You believe in reincarnation. You were reincarnated over 130 times. Yeah. You crossed over, you seen your grandparents. How come they weren't reincarnated? They were, they were my, my grandfather is actually my son's guardian. When I got there, they told me I was going to have a son within a year. And sure enough, I did. And my grandfather is the guardian for him. And my grandmother is a guardian for my youngest brother. So they had jobs to do. That's why they didn't come back again. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Uh -huh. So they have jobs to do. Mm -hmm. Like so there's guardian angels, right? Right. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So, um, were you a guardian angel? Ariel, Ariel was never a guardian angel. She was always a warrior, always a, a sniper, so to speak, always a demon slayer. That's what got her in trouble in the first place is she in 1198 AD, a woman cried out for help that the devil in a demon was possessing her and he, she wanted help. And God sent Ariel down and, and she told basically I, I saw it. Michael put it into my head so I could see what happened. And she was, Ariel was mad. She says, stupid human, you, co you conjured this devil and you asked for God to take it away. And then the devil came forward and it was growling and her eyes were black and stuff. So she was upset about that. So she reached into the woman's body and ripped the demon out. And the woman died. Her body died, but her soul was released to the light. And God was upset. As he says, listen, this is not the first time this has happened. He says, you have no compassion for mankind. He says, you're going to go down and live physical world lives until you learn to have compassion for mankind. I figure she's awful stubborn after 130 lifetimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> you know, as a nurse um, who worked in the military, did you ever see spirits cross over to the other side? In oh, your yeah. presence? All the time. Uh, you had to hide it because you had you had to act like you didn't see anything. Yeah. Because I was, you know, when I was in the Air Force, I was stuck at a strategic air command base. And my godfather came to me when he found out I was, I left the Army and went to the Air Force. And he said, you know, do not say anything about your abilities, do not use your abilities in here. Because my godfather worked for the OSI. He oh. said they are giving people drugs to accentuate their abilities, to make them stronger. And he says, I don't want you involved in that. And so I kept it hidden. You know, my friends were the only ones who knew the ones that were closest to me. But when somebody would die, you know, I would see the them leave their body and 
and they'd say goodbye or they'd turn around and look at me and then just go into the light. Was yeah. that traumatic for you at the time or you were just used to it? Uh, I was used to it. I would see it all the time. The one thing that really, the one demonic encounter that I had when I was in the military, for the most part, I at, at that up until that time, I just kind of ignored them because I didn't know what I had to do or what, what, what was residing within me. So there's this, this guy that was, didn't show up for his shift. And so he was gone for a couple of days and his staff sergeant called and said, Hey, you know, we haven't seen this guy for a couple of days. We're worried. We're concerned. Can you, you guys come over? So we came over with the ambulance and he unlocked the door. And when I went inside, I saw the guy was like curled up into a ball leaning against the wall. And to the left, I could see this demon just sitting up, up there against the ceiling, waiting for him to die. Wow. And I'm like, oh, crap. Um, so we grabbed him, took him back to the emergency room. I went to get an IV to start an IV. And when I came back, the demon was leaning over him, was trying to pull his life force out. And I told him, I told the demon, I said, not on my watch. This one belongs to us. Wow. And whatever he saw in my face, it just left and it didn't come back. And when the young man, he was a chaplain's assistant. What happened was someone put PCP in his soda. Oh. Thought it was funny, I guess. Oh. So when I visited him later before he got out, because he was never the same after that. And he said, I had a dream. I'm like, really? And he said, yeah. He says, I dreamed that a, a demon was trying to take my soul. Wow. And an angel came and sent it away. And I said, well, mm -hmm. see, God's watching over you. That's an incredible story. Yeah, it was like. Yes. You know, we're coming towards the end of the show, but I want to know, tell us about your your team, Ghost and Girls Paranormal, and how did you, because you're the founding member, how did you create this team and get everybody together? Well, the thing is, I, it's everybody, there's two of us. The thing is, um, I belong to Northwest Paranormal Investigative Team, and most of what they do is, you know, um, white light stuff. And I, we, they'd get an occasional case, and of course, not it's not for everybody. Not everybody likes to deal with the dark ones. So I thought, okay, I'm going to just like branch off and create uh, Ghosts and Girls. And my friend Wendy is she she can't see the demons. She sees like shimmy like you do. She sees a representation, but not a real image, mm -hmm. but enough to know where they are. So she's like uh, she's like the she's like the diplomatic side of it because when Ariel comes forward, there's no diplomatic, there's no diplomacy at all. She just knows where the demon is and wants to go there and kill it. But I thought, okay, you know, let's just branch off, specialize in that sort of thing. And that when I had the logo created, I thought, okay, what we do is, is dark. So I made a funny logo, you know, one girl in front, the next one behind her, and then she's holding out, you know, an EVP recorder. And there's a ghost behind the second girl peeking around the corner, looking scared. 
<laughs> it's just like, you know, what I do, you have to have a sense of humor about it. Come on, you know. Life is hard. And <laughs> it's very true. But you definitely have to have a sense of humor. And yeah. um, because yeah. if you don't, you're going to, you know, you'll go crazy. Yeah. This yeah. is true. You really will. Well, keep up the great work. Um, tell everyone where they can find you and what you have coming up. I, um, you can find me on uh, Facebook under June Lundgren or Demon Seer. You can go to my website, uh, mysticconnections.org or demonseer.com. They both blend together. And um, I have, I just released the book, Demon Seer, The Awakening. Uh, at the end of March, and it's it seems to be popular. It talks about how the demonics, the negatives, are affecting us in the physical world today, and little and a lot of ways that we don't even realize that they're there, pushing the buttons and whispering in people's ears. And um, the Oregon Ghost Conference happens in March, and I'm there lecturing every March. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to be at the Las Cruces Paracon this year or not, but there's, you know, there's a good possibility there. Awesome. Well, thank oh. you so much for coming yes. on Ghost Flight Chronicles Radio. This has Radio. been a very, very, very good show. Full yeah. of knowledge. I, um, I, I got a lot of my questions uh, answered tonight. Yes. Really you good. You got all your questions. In. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And, uh, Julie, wrap it up. All right, guys. Well, special thank you to Carnation for sponsoring the show. From day one, we love them. And catch us next Monday night, same time, at 105.3 FM from New Orleans. So, anyway, up. stay tuned for Trish Mo with The Missing Piece. Thank you, everyone. Have a safe, great night. And we'll catch you next week with who? D. Wallace. That's you right. do not want to miss D. Wallace show. next week, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.